Hey everybody, welcome back to Rewrite Relationships. This is episode 8, and this is Allison. And Matt. Today, as promised from last week, we wanted to talk a little bit about um, some of the troubles that parents go through when you have a child who is always sick, like chronically ill or has a disability. Um, You even hear stories about parents who have had children with childhood cancers and stuff like that, that the divorce rate is really high. And so here's a little bit of the story about Hunter, our son, if you don't already know. But, you know, when he started walking, we'd noticed one of his legs was shaped a little bit different. And so last summer... We'd spent the entire summer in doctor's appointments and stuff. We had found out that he had had tumors growing out of the bones in his right leg that caused his leg to be deformed. So it felt like it took fucking forever to find out that the tumors were benign. But um, we spent a lot of time in and out of doctor's offices It. It was kind of traumatic for us, and, you know, this year we found out we were hoping Hunter wouldn't have to have a surgery until he was five or six, but we found out that he is going to need a surgery here pretty soon. We're actually consulting with the doctor this week, and, um, you know, we're going to find out he's going to need a bone graft, and there's going to be casts and hardware, and we're all kind of freaking out a little bit, so... We, we have a couple friends, and I know of some people who are going through situations where their kid is constantly in the hospital, in the doctor's offices, um, you know, just poor health or disability. So we kind of wanted to share our experience about this. We were kind of at each other's throats for <laughs> a first period of time, and we've kind of came to an understanding. So, so that's what we're going to be sharing about today yeah uh, <clears throat> you know when we uh first got together and i mean we've we've spent most of our relationship um not really having medical problems i would say i mean there was the occasional dumb shit i'd do that i have to go get looked at but uh you know uh, for the children you know they were mostly pretty uh healthy and stuff like that you know the girls are pretty healthy we've never really been in the hospital a whole lot for them i think ember had to get her appendix, her appendix removed or something like that, you know, and, you know, we, we just weren't really used to the stresses of, 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 of really, of doctors yeah, of serious, <laughs> serious complications. You know, you, you read stories about kids having cancer and stuff like that all the time. And yeah, like, I just couldn't fathom it happening. You know, I like just imagining it happening and, and what those parents are going through. It would just, uh, freak me out. But, uh, you know, when we were in the doctor's uh, appointment, when we first were told about it, I remember holding Hunter, and I just remember a ringing in my ears. I couldn't believe it was true. Um, I, I seriously think I, the doctor's mouth was moving. I didn't hear what he was saying. I just, I just heard it could possibly be cancer, and then all of a sudden, I just heard a ring in my ear. Was not expecting that. Didn't want to hear it. I think. I think was I was not paying attention. No. So thank God I was there, like taking mental notes of nope. literally everything he said. I um, the doctor even called me back later when I was at home later that evening. Our family doctor. He is awesome, and I'm so, so sad that he moved away. 
but um, he even called me later that evening so I could take notes and write down names and phone numbers and he was calling around to see the best people to send us to and um, you know that was where it was after this first appointment that Matt and I really started butting heads because in his mind he had literally just disassociated he was blocking out what was going on and in my mind I am processing all of these future possibilities what are we going to do um am I going to have to quit my job like where are we going to have to how far are we going to have to drive to go yeah, to the doctor's you know. office is this the best doctor who is this guy I'm going to find out who he is so I can google him you know, all of these things, because at that point in time, all we knew was we had a crazy x-ray and some weird lab results. Yeah. And it really just took its toll. I think, like I said, on me, it, it, I mean, I just totally, I don't know if I just went autopilot or what, but I just kind of like, right. I wouldn't listen to bad news. Like I took bad news somehow. And I think I twisted it to where I thought I was like, Oh, this is really bad. did. I heard him telling other people, they were like, no, the doctor said it's going to be fine. And I was like, no, Matt, he didn't say it's going to be fine. He says he's okay right now. Like, we don't have to stay in the hospital. And See, I think for me, I think I was trying to tell myself that. Right. Because I was just freaking, I just freaked the fuck out. And I think it was that one of the things, like, out of sight, out of mind. Like, okay, if I don't accept this is happening, it's not going to happen. Right. And I think a lot of people do that, and it it sucks. It does. And I think especially men, because they're just not brought up to deal with those emotional circumstances that come around potentially serious health conditions. And, you know, I think I'd mentioned that that very at the very end of our last episode was, you know, men are not raised to be emotional. They're not raised to process their emotions. And in a lot of ways, you know, women aren't either. This is not a gendered thing. But, you know, if we want to make a generalization, generally that's true. And so this is where we really first started having some trouble in our relationship because of this. Is because I was taking his disassociation as he did not care or that he was just choosing not to pay attention, like he thought it wasn't important, and I was fucking mad. Yeah, and that's, I mean, I think, like I said, I think that was totally not the case. I mean, I did care, I just didn't want to hear it. I was, ta- I was taking, I was picking out the good parts, and assuming, I was like, oh, this is all going to be fine. You know, it's like that thing, whenever you hurt yourself, you're like, ah, just put some, put a Band-Aid on it and some Neosporin, you're going to be fine. <laughs> Walk it and, off. And that's exactly what I think that I was kind of thinking. I was like, you know, we could wait a couple months and this thing might just go away. You know, and that's just the way, I, I don't know why, I just, you know, this, you know, in my mind, this couldn't happen to us. You know, this isn't going to happen to us, I think. And I was denying, I was in denial of what was going on. Right. So this was the very first part where all we knew was something was wrong. We didn't know what. We didn't know where we were going next or what was going to happen. No, it was like two weeks before, or maybe even longer than that, before we got actually some real results. Well, yeah. Then it took two weeks to get into to see an orthopedic doctor. And then it turned out that guy wasn't really who we needed to see. Yeah. <laughs> And, you know, I, well, especially because of being pregnant, everybody that's been pregnant, you've been in and out of the doctor's offices and hospital rooms and stuff often. 
you're used to medical equipment and waiting around on people and that's just what it's like and so during this point in time it did not cross my mind that Matt did not know that he did not know that was normal <laughs> he did didn't know what any of that stuff in the room was or what it was going to do and you know so for me I'm thinking okay this is normal this is what we're doing and then Matt is getting so angry there's steam coming out of his ears while we're just in waiting rooms and you know I I mean to be honest I started getting really annoyed with him I'm like this is this is just what it's like and it's probably not going to be over either I mean I'm, I'm doing better to you know maybe watch what I I do but I do when they put you in a little room and it's like 80 damn degrees in there you're worried and getting anxious and shit I I pace the room. I open up the door. Me and Hunty go walking down the halls. I ain't sitting in no damn room. Even though, you know, we're supposed to and whatnot. But I just... Ugh. Yeah, it's really because of other patients' privacy that yeah. you're not supposed to be doing that. The only time anyone ever got mad at him about that was at the um, urgent care when Hunter had the flu. She was like, get back in here. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so he is pacing. He's not listening to anything the doctor's saying. We do new x-rays and stuff like that and find out we're being referred to an oncologist. He had explained that the weird things on the x-rays were tumors. They said he thought Hunter looked okay, though. And, um, you know, like physically, health-wise. So they'd referred us to an oncologist. So then there's more waiting. They had told me that I was supposed to wait for this doctor's office to call us back. I waited like a week and a half and then called them. They're like, no, you were supposed to call. And yeah. Oh, my God. It was so stupid. But like this whole time, Matt and I are on edge. We have our own versions of what's going to happen in our heads. And, you know, something that I didn't realize at the time is that, you know, a big thing was that Matt had no idea what it's like to have to go see a specialist, to have to go wait in a doctor's office. I mean, and we all know, especially if you've been to the doctor a lot, I mean, if you have a doctor's appointment, you need to plan on, like, two or three hours being there sometimes, especially if see, you see a we're specialist. We're sitting in this room, and I'm like, this motherfucker's having his wait, and he's probably out there having a snack or something, you know, and I'm getting... I just, you know, I think when we go there and we're there for that time, like, we're the ones that we're up next. Deal with us and then go on to your next one, you know. And I know that they probably see, you know, two or three at the same time or something like that. But I don't know. For for me, I just get uh, really anxious, um, pretty damn angry, really. Yeah. I, I'm just not a good person around hospitals, apparently. I don't like waiting. I don't like, uh, you know, and it, it's hard. I'm trying to get better at it, but, I mean, I still, I just... I just can't calm myself down. I, right. I so at that time, I did not realize that he didn't know what to expect. I didn't know that he was actually, actually like really feeling offended by how long it was taking and, you know, all of that stuff. And, um, you know, he's getting antsy and I'm getting angry too. So we get back from that first appointment and I mean, really like, we rode all the way home four hours in silence, except for Hunter, you know, tending to him and trying to get him to keep his shit together. Because he's an active guy. He doesn't want to be sitting in the car. So 
that was partway torture too and you know we get home and it's just almost like we just don't want to be around each other we're tired we're exhausted emotionally exhausted and now we have to wait some more so you know we get into these other appointments we talk with the oncologist and he's telling us what he wants to do what's going on blah 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 and guess what matt takes out of it (laughs) We're, we're, we're okay. He says he's fine. Yeah, we're okay. Yeah, he said he was it's fine. It's going to be fine. He's going to grow a little bit, and it's going to straighten right out, and uh, we don't need to do this anymore. Awesome. Let's go to McDonald's. <laughs> right, but in real life, you know, we were being scheduled for an MRI and a biopsy and all of this other stuff where Hunter was going to have to be sedated, and um, and that's when the real shit hit the fan is when you have to start poking your baby oh with needles. God. So we found out, and apparently this is really normal for toddlers and babies to have really deep veins, but when they sent us in for this MRI, um, they had a pediatric sedation unit. They had nurses that did this, this was their all job. the time. They this was their job. specialized in it. This is what they do. They don't right. do nothing else. This is what they do. And guess what? They could not stick him. No. They even called someone else up from... An um, IV specialist. Yeah. The, they said she'd been working there for 30 years. Oh, she'll be able to get it. Yeah. Nope. And, you know, this whole time, I was the one that needed to hold on to Hunter and hold him down. And, you know, they gave him lidocaine and stuff, but he doesn't know what's going on. And he is freaking out. And so I'm holding Hunter down, trying to hold him still. Matt is like... He's either pacing the room and, like, sighing so loud, we're wondering if he's going to pass out, or um, his head's, like, in between my face and Hunter, like, trying to look at Hunter and, like, get away from me. And um, they finally had to, decided to do something else. We had to be rescheduled. We unexpectedly have to spend the night and come back in the morning fasting again. Yeah, because when we did it, we we didn't eat all morning and stuff like that. And when did we start actually doing it? Was it around like 2 o'clock, 3 o'clock? Or was it even later than that? Yeah, because that first morning we were able to give (sighs) him some stuff around 7. And then we figured... um, Man, I actually kind of blocked that out of my head when you started saying (laughs) that. I was like, oh yeah, The fasting. Yeah, well the needles in the foot and the arm. And then you get this little machine that... You put it around their skin, and it's supposed to show up veins and stuff, and it makes it easier to poke them. And yeah, we shined mm-hmm. it on my hand. You could see all of them. The nurse's hand, you could see everything. And she signed, shined it on Hunter, and I'm like, Hunter, where's your veins? Just like sticking a giant marshmallow. There was nothing there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> my poor little baby. I mean, I and I really was. I was getting, I was getting really fed up with them. Just keep. They, I mean, what they do, like. Two or three in a foot. We and, were trying for hours. Oh, God. They kept stabbing him, and he was getting pissed, and I was getting pissed. And no, I was about ready baby. to just... I think at one point, they were like, well, what should we do? And I was like, we're done. Yeah. We just had to say, no, we're done. This I can't do this anymore. Hunter obviously can't do this anymore. I was like, I'm going to end up punching somebody out. And, I mean, you know, and like I said, I know they're doing their job. It sucks. I, I don't know. I just can't deal with shit this well. And I'm doing better, I think, as we go. Um, man, this surgery, though, coming up is going to be a real test. <laughs> yeah. So we got the whole experience of waiting in the waiting room, waiting for him to wake up. It turns out Hunter turns into the Hulk when he is sedated. So they had to come and get me <laughs> to go to recovery with him. 
you know, and then on the way back home from that trip, it was the same thing. We were quiet. We didn't want to touch each other. We weren't talking. No, and this even kind of went on for a couple weeks um, until he had his biopsy, which was kind of the same thing. It actually went smoother since they didn't try to get his IV in while he was awake. Yeah, that time. they uh, what they do, they give him gas first, and then they, they knock him out first, and yeah. then they put in his IVs. Oh, and then his um, MRI ended up taking an hour longer than oh. they told us it would, and we're like, oh my God, is everything yeah. okay? And they're like, well, they decided to do the whole leg and not just the knee, and we're just like, fuck, and... I'm pacing the room, going out of the the building, going in, asking nurses what's going on, and you know I don't know what an MRI like how long that shit takes. I've like never done this right. Stuff I had it. I was ex- knew that it was going to take a little while, but I guess and that was again I didn't realize he did not know what that was. Yeah, I, and that it just takes. It's not an X-ray. Teeny little slices of picture because it's like you're looking like at the inside of it. Yeah. So see my my whole thing with hospitals. I've been there for the birth of my children, and I got stabbed in the ass a couple times with a needle because I got bit by a spider, and that is it. I mean, okay, wait. I take that back. The, the, uh, Matt had an aneurysm. aneurysm. I forget I forget about that, too. Like, mm, that's that not a big s- deal. But yeah, it is a big deal. Well, I push all this stuff aside because of Hunter's thing. I think it takes... <laughs> he never went back to the doctor. <laughs> because it was ridiculous. Everyone should send him a message on Facebook. And tell me I'm doing a great job. Tell him that he needs <laughs> to go back to the goddamn doctor. Anyways, I am fine. No, he's not. And anyways, like I said, my, my whole uh, being around the hospital world... None of this stuff, it just, I mean, I, I just like, why is it taking so long? You know, maybe I thought it was going to be more like an x-ray. You go there, a couple snaps, you're done. I love x-rays. Those are quick and easy. It's awesome. Well, I can't everything be like that. <laughs> yeah, so kind of skipping closer to the end, finally. Oh, and then um, they got the biopsy. We got the MRI, and our oncologist had sent Hunter's biopsy off to three other people. To look at it like to Tennessee or something because we got weird laboratory bills from hospitals yeah. we didn't even know about and um we one in Colorado because and- it was so rare that they just wanted to confirm 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 what it was so thank god it was something that's not going to um spread to the rest of his body but it is something that's going to affect the way his body grows cartilage Mm -hmm. so that means he can have trouble with his joints and stuff like that and then he has these weird places there's three of them but the worst one's right above his right knee that's the one that's making his leg deformed so we find that out we're just checking in we're we're just going to watch it a while and we're like oh thank god and so this is kind of the point Where Matt and I need to start, like, processing what had happened and what was going on and actually talk about things. Because there was a point in time where they're saying, like, your kid might have cancer. And we're just thinking, like, we had so much time to think about it. It did not happen fast. And, you know, kind of looking on that and some of the stories we've heard from, we have a few friends whose children have found out they've had leukemia this year. And it goes fast. You go into the doctor and they're like, yep, you need to go do something about this now. And so, like, looking back, I'm grateful that it was, you know, that amount of time because they knew it wasn't something urgent like that. But at the time, that was not comforting 
like, oh my God, what's happening? How many people are going to need to look at this piece of bone until they tell us if everything's okay? Like, and then, of course, you start doing some Googling, and you're like, oh, oh God. Yeah. And everything on, you know, WebMD tells you you're going to die or you got cancer or something. So with some of the stuff you look up, it's 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 terrifying. Yeah, I mean, a lot of it, I don't know if it's not made to make you feel good, I don't think. But, I mean, it's just, man, you automatically assume the worst things. Like, I had nightmares of where I thought they were going to, you know, have to cut off Hunter's leg. Like, this was just going to be what it was like they can't do anything about it we're just gonna have to cut it off and that's gonna be a prosthetic or something i don't know and that's where my mind was going i was you know sitting alone thinking about all this medical stuff and you know just thinking about it man i'm like well what if, what if they have to cut off his leg or what if they put him under and he has some kind of weird reaction to the anesthesia and you know i mean i'd, I'd start working myself up really and I mean, I would just, I would get tunnel vision really thinking about things. Allison could probably talk to me about certain shit and I probably wouldn't remember it right. because I was, my mind, I just wasn't thinking about that. I just had tunnel vision thinking about the absolute, absolute worst scenarios that could happen. Right. And that's definitely what was going through my head too. And I think every parent who has a kid who is sick or has a problem, you know, that's totally normal to be thinking of those things. So here's really the part where we had to decide that we needed to break down and talk about it or, you know, things were getting, I'm not, I don't think things were bad between us, but we weren't really talking. You could talking. definitely tell we were annoyed, you know, and I, like, I think. Yeah, we were annoyed I think I was other. kind of upset too that you weren't as excited about like things that I, like I was, I was like, why aren't you getting pissed, you know? I, you know, I, I was like, come on, come with me. Let's let's beat these people's asses or something, you know. I mean, I I think, you know, I was getting a little extreme. And I thought Allison might have needed to get a little bit extreme with me or on my level of being <laughs> pissed off, I guess. Right. We were not working as one unit. And, you know, we're going to get the opportunity to have to do that again. Yeah, it's... But, um, you know, we finally just had to sit down and be like, this and this and this is what I'm scared of. And, of course, it turned out we're afraid of the same things. But it was almost like having to say it out loud made it more real. Yeah. It, you know? It, it you We know, were totally avoiding saying it out loud. Yeah, I didn't want to at all. And, uh, you know, saying it, admitting that what was happening would make it, for some reason for me, like... Turn it, it into real turn life. Turn it real life. Like, I, I, I finally was accepting what was happening or... You know, and I wasn't ready to do that. And I'm, you know, part of me still, you know, when I see him running around and stuff like that, I'm like, it's going to be fine. He, we don't, we don't, you know, sometimes I think like, do we really need to do this? And I know we do, but it just, you know, I, in my mind, I just want to wake up and I want all this to be over with. And I don't want to have to have a three-year-old in a cast. <laughs> How the hell are we going to do that? You guys, he's going to use it as a weapon against us. I mean, you know, he's so used to moving and being mobile, he is going to be pissed off when he cannot walk. And he's he's not the most gentle man in the first place. He was pretty mad at me yesterday, like enough where he scratched my face and threw a bunch of shit because he couldn't walk to school. <laughs> now, you guys, he is too... You know, and there he, is no school. We got, I got <laughs> a, a scar on my face, and I think Allison's gonna have one too here in a little bit. But he gets pretty violent whenever, uh, you know, we're trying to get him a little bit. 
to be a little bit nicer, but... Well, and I think, you know, that part of this is because all of that stuff going on last summer, we're thinking, oh my God, you're sick, and we babied the shit out of him. Yeah, we... <sighs> he got whatever he wanted, we picked him up, we held him all the time, and he almost weighs 40 pounds now, you guys. He's in the 90th percentile for his height and weight. He's the size of a five-year-old. And we still carry him around all the time. And which is fine. But, you know, he also, he's the baby of the family by six years. So we thought he was sick. He's he's the baby. He's the only boy. He got fucking spoiled. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm a fucking, I'm a sucker. I'm not going to lie. I, I didn't think, well, when we first had Hunter, I was like, the hell no, my son ain't going to be all spoiled. Uh, he's got me wrapped around his damn finger, and I I don't know how to get back. <laughs> right, Matt actually just bought Hunter a forty dollar <laughs> Denver Broncos hat that's a man size. <laughs> oh, he wore it in the store. He wouldn't take it off, and I thought he'd wear it. He wore it once. Wore it when we got out of the store. He took it off and never wore it again. So if uh, anybody out there wants to buy a brand new Denver Bronco hat, hit it's me up. It's a nice up. hat. Yeah, it is a nice hat, but just hit me up. I'll give it to you for like 20 bucks. I don't know. I need to recoup some of the money out of that one. <laughs> you know, but then also, you know, Matt, he hasn't had the opportunity to be around 24-7 for one of his kids before Hunter. Yeah. This is... And so it does change things. So, you know, he came up with that obstacle of we really did spoil the shit out of him. He's a grumpy guy. Like, he's he's not grumpy. I always describe him as a passionate man. <laughs> Because he knows what he wants, but no one else does. But he's going to yell about it. And he's so active and busy. And um, it's hard to watch him and think about him maybe not being able to do those things. So Matt and I, you know, finally, okay, I think what I remember this moment, I was in our bedroom. I think that Matt had, like, gone to the store with the kids. Or maybe you were laying Hunter down. I don't know, but... It was quiet, and I just started crying. And, you know, I hadn't really processed everything yet, all of the things that had happened, all the stuff I was trying to remember that the doctors had told me. And, you know, he walks in, and, like, the look on his face is like, oh, God. And I don't know what he thought, but I was like, I just need to cry about this a little bit because it's intense. And he started crying, too. And, you know, that was just the first time that we actually said it out loud. Like, we're fucking scared. What if something happened to him? What if he dies? What if he does need an amputation? Because we literally, in that moment, did not know anything was possible. And so, you know, it was really that evening we just decided to sit down, lay it all out on the table. And really accept what was really happening. I mean, like I said, I was putting it off. And I, I wasn't believing it. Well, we had to give each other space to just talk, just fucking blurt it all out, everything that's in your head, without being interrupted or without being worried about what the other person was going to say or going to think. Because, you know, that's how I realized that we had such a different perception of, like, for example, what's going on in the doctor's office. I didn't know that's why he was so irritated to me, I was assuming that he thought these people were doing their job wrong or that, um, I don't know. I mean, he was really coming across as rude 
to the nurses and the staff and stuff and I was really irritated because you know I have a lot of friends and family who are nurses and you know my stepdaughter's mom is a nurse it's not fucking easy and he knows that yeah, I know it's not easy but I'm just like but I would, yeah you know that was something I was actually really upset about and until that moment I didn't realize that he did not know what to expect he did not know what it was like to be in a doctor's office. He didn't know what it was like to have to be prepped for surgery. He did not know any of those things. So he totally, How long these things take? <laughs> right? He had walked into this situation absolutely not knowing what to expect. And I had walked in with a pretty basic knowledge of what was going to happen. And, you know, just because of mostly my two pregnancies and when I was pregnant with Lily I did have health problems so I was I was in the doctor's office all the fucking time had to stay in the hospital doing tests blood work all the time you know to me it seemed a little bit more familiar and so you know really in that moment I realized he didn't fucking know what was going on and he was scared when I when I think about going to the doctors and shit like that, I'm like, okay, let's go in there, get a shot, get in, get out. You know, I'm not, I'm sitting there and I'm like, we're wasting our fucking time here. Like, I think when I was little, um, <clears throat> I was kind of like, yeah, you know, like I don't go to the doctor and I don't have to go to school today or something like that, or I don't have to I have to go to work. <laughs> and uh, I was pretty excited about it. Um, you know, going to going going to the. I'm sorry. I'm trying We're to sitting outside, and I, there's a bug on my back, and I'm trying to get Matt to save me. I'm while trying I'm to talking. save it while I'm talking, like, and I'm losing my. Will you just well, I don't smack know where it? It's at. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rubbing your whole back, and it's just fucking gone. Okay. Okay. Anyways, it's safe now. Don't worry, I, everyone. When I was little, you know, I was like glorified, like yeah, going to the hospital. This is great. I'm gonna be able to get out of school and shit. And now I'm older. I don't want no fucking part of it. Like. Even though, like, yeah, like I, I, could, I don't have to go to work. I would rather fucking go to work any goddamn day. I do not want no part of hospitals. They could go eat a dick. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, you know, we finally had this moment where we were really able to connect and we realized that we did have a lot of common ground, but we were perceiving things in a totally different way. And so this kind of comes back to something that we've talked about almost every single episode because of our past experiences, because of our expectations, and because of all of these things, we experienced this same moment in two completely different ways, even though we were having a lot of the same thoughts about it. So, you know, if you're finding yourself in a a situation similar to this and you know it might even be true for other situations not just your kids being sick maybe you're sick maybe your spouse is sick I don't you know I really can't say for sure how applicable this is to other situations but really just having that moment where you just fucking spill your guts made all of the difference i think a lot of it like especially with the ones that we're seeing now with the uh, the the boys with leukemia and stuff like that going on i talked to um a couple of them that are really close to the situation and i know that the mother and father on one of the group or one of the boys was uh, separated and they are constantly right now at at their each other's throats or they're fighting they're not and i think what it is is they're both scared but they're uh not really wanting to talk to each other about it and stuff like that and it, it's really 
a pretty stressful situation. Well, and it seemed like that made it kind of hard on their significant others. Yeah. Because, you know, you need this union. And in those really emotional moments, it's kind of hard to tell exactly what's going on. And it just really makes a unique situation that just requires a ton of communication yeah and, and being open and it's okay it's you know like i i think some of the problem is people are afraid to admit they're they're scared of it you know i i, I know i was afraid to admit it i blocked it out i didn't want this to happen it wasn't going to happen i pushed it out of my mind and then finally you know when we had that talk that night i kind of accepted i was like okay yeah this is this is what's going on and i'm i was afraid i was like i'm fucking scared i don't i don't want to do this i don't you know, and it's it's happening. You can't stop it, right? And you know, and that's the thing that I think. In my mind, I was like, if I don't ad- agree to this, it's not going to happen. You know, it's I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going to will this shit right out of existence, right? Manifesting. Yeah, I'm going to just like ignore this until it goes away. <laughs> <laughs> but so you can definitely see it because see over here in my head. I want to be methodical about it. Okay, what's the next thing we need to do? What can I do to be prepared for this? Who do I need to talk to? What kind of notes do I need to take? I'm actually working on my list of things to ask the doctor for when we need to talk to him the next time. And, you know, you can see in my head I'm sitting here trying to plan and trying to be rational and wrap my head around these things. And then he's over there thinking, nope. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, how the hell are we going to get out of this one? <laughs> right. How do I, how do I, how do we not go to Wichita? Right. Or how do we go to Wichita and go to Chuck E. Cheese instead of the doctors? <laughs> <laughs> I know. And just the idea of the doctor's appointment That's and it. the drive and you guys, I smoke cigarettes and, you know, don't smoke in the car with the kids. So it's a long drive and. It's just in. It's stressful in any way imaginable. Yeah, you know. But you know, we've kind of we've had to come to this place where I'm kind of like, hey, I'm freaking out a little bit right now, and you know, he can give me a little bit of space to just dump it all out, and you know, the same goes the other way. Like, we just need to be super honest and upfront about what is on our mind and exactly what we're thinking. Because, I mean, I'll say it again, I was just super surprised to hear that he had this totally different perception of what was going on than I did. And even though we were literally thinking the same thing, you know, we were afraid. We're afraid for our son, what that's going to mean for our family and, you know, all the extra stress. Because also, we were probably cursed last summer. <laughs> oh, yeah, we had the, the worst fucking luck. Because Matt's engine blew up in his car. We had a giant window in our front room of the house we had just bought broke. Um, Matt had this aneurysm. I had my gallbladder taken out, then Hunty's leg, and then what else? Then Lily's. Lily needs to go to the audiologist because <laughs> yeah. she can't hear, and it was everything was happening. It, just at once. All at once, and we were fucking stressed. We didn't have any money. Yeah, I mean, it, we I, just bought the house. Every, I mean, we just bought the house. Any money that we had, I mean, a little extra was going to bills. I mean, there was at one point, I just remember seeing. 
I, I they probably had a good be a 20, 20 medical bills on the refrigerator. I mean, each one ranging from you know one hundred and fifty bucks to. 500 800 a couple thousand dollar ones and and I then mean, there's like those random like 13 dollars yeah, ones i'm like what the, the fuck, fuck is out this? of here with your 13 Didn't we, we actually got a collections notice yeah. for a 21 dollar bill i, I can't it, remember where that one went i think well i mean i ended up paying it it was arsi but i mean i ended up i was so pissed off at him that i just paid like two bucks on it at a time <laughs> <laughs> so i was like fuck you keep sending me paper well you know it just must have got lost in the stack of shit you yeah. know so, and that's another thing that also stresses out couples is that medical the bills. I mean, the the, the money that you spend on this shit it is it it blew my mind to how much uh, how much this, this stuff costs. Right, and I, mean, I we had just have, had a surgery, and then Matt had yeah, had medical testing done too. I mean, so. we have insurance and stuff like that, but it's still ridiculous. And we had even had some really generous friends yes. helping us out, and I had sold a ton of bracelets. You know, just packing away some money for our trips to Wichita. And, I mean, even still, you guys, it was Yeah, crazy. we were still... I mean, we got it knocked down right now and stuff like that before the next round comes up. But, I mean, it's it was just insane. I mean, that was that was stressful in itself, too. The, you know, the phone's constantly ringing, like, hey, you got to pay your bill, you know. And at, at times, you know, I was like, how the hell am I going to pay, you know, $500, $600 all at once? And then I realized that I didn't have to. What I could do is make payments on these things, on all of them, little payments, and get them knocked down little by little by little by little. And, and you still have to keep track of them. You, you do, but I mean, it was le- it was less stressful to me than feeling like I had to pay it all at once. You know, I was like, I was like, oh yeah, you know what? If I make a payment on it, though, I'm still in good standing. Right. So I was making, you know, a fifty dollar payment here. Uh, you know, if I could on this one, pay it off. You know, like seventy five dollars, pay it off, and you know, and I felt good about doing that instead of. When you open up that check and you see one for like $800 after you got done paying off like $1,000 ones, you're like, this is, this shit's never going to end. Right. You know, and I would like to kind of point out, obviously, people that have a lot of medical problems, at least in the United States, have a shit ton of bills to worry about. And, you know, a little bit of what I've seen is people just wanting to say, well, I'm just grateful for our health. We'll worry about the money later. But you know that they are fucking stressing out about the oh, money. Yeah. And I think that that is a really important thing to be able to communicate to your partner. And again, you know, there's these different versions of these between Matt and I, because I had asked a couple times and Matt had almost felt kind of offended. Yeah. Like, because he assumed that I thought he wasn't, I wasn't taking care he of He wasn't things. being responsible, but I'm just saying, Hey, are we okay? And, you know, even just having that little conversation, like saying, hey, we're, we're kind of worried about money, too. You know, being able to talk about all, like, little facets of this. You know, there's our son's health. There's our material well-being. There's our other children that need our attention. And, you know, the whole fucking world is turning around us. It does not stop because this is happening And it is okay to get overwhelmed and stressed about things that happen that don't specifically have to do with your kid that's having the problem right in that moment. Yeah, it was, I mean, like I said, there's certain ways around things that I found out that it could help you, like, less stressful. You know, like like I said, when that $800 bill comes in, I immediately, I'm like, how the fuck am I going to pay this right now? The thing is, you don't have to pay all that at once. You pay, you know, a hundred bucks here, 
150 here, whatever you can do. Spread it around. Make sure everything's in good standing. Don't go to collections and get them, you know, do whatever. Um, you know, and that helped out quite a bit. But I was, I mean, I was uh, really stressed out about, you know, the, the mortgage we got. We got a car payment. We got, you know, this and this and this and how the hell... I, 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 how the hell do we do this? And yeah, like she said, we had some really great friends that, uh, family and great friends that came and helped us. I mean, you know, donations and made sure that we were going to do all right. And I remember, uh, one of them handed me a check and, and he goes, you know, uh, when I was younger, I was, uh, married and we had a situation, a medical situation and he knows how stressful it can be. And it ended up actually, uh, ruining his marriage. Uh, his first marriage and he goes you know it was really stressful and he goes I don't want to see that happen to you guys and I mean he's been through there before and he knew what we were going through and I'm just glad that uh, I could actually you know kind of talk to Allison about this stuff instead of just kind of going into my own shell and you know just doing what I do and um, I think it's helped out quite a bit letting her know that I was fucking terrified of all this I mean I didn't want her to know that I was really scared of it but uh yeah, I mean, it, it it really does suck. And, I mean, we're here now, and I uh, just got to keep going. I mean... Right. Well, being honest about it helps me understand your coping mechanisms and stuff. Because, you know, even a couple weeks ago, Hunter had a checkup, and Matt is still pacing up and down. But, you know, he did... He had a lot different of a demeanor while we were there. But in those moments where I started thinking, like, oh, my God, he's just not paying attention... I can remind myself, like, hey, this is extreme for him, too, and this is just how he's dealing with it, and that's, it's good that I'm here, because I can pay attention to these things. It's yeah, usually like, I'm playing with Hunty whenever they're, they're talking or something, Yeah, you know? I'll let you listen, and I'm going to try to keep the kid occupied. Yeah, well, when we allow it to, we complement each other really well. Yeah. So... You know, we just had to talk about it and be honest and find that space to do it. So we're going to try to shoot for a late November, maybe? You know, it depends. We've got some other stuff going on. So what's happening right now is we were thinking Hunter wouldn't need a surgery until he was older, but the tumor in his leg has changed as he's grown, and they decided they do need to actually remove it. So we'll be doing a bone graft, and um, they mentioned on the phone something about going ahead and straightening out his leg. So I don't know. I still have that appointment coming up to consult with the doctor. Yeah, we'll find out more. The 26th, I believe? Well, I'm going to call them because I really would like to get to talk to the doctor without any distractions so I can remember everything he says. So we're going to try to figure out exactly what we're doing, what's going on. But all we know is this is a pretty big surgery for a little kid. That tumor is is pretty big. It goes, I mean, especially compared to his size. Yeah. It goes pretty far up his leg and into over halfway over the width of the bone. And as he grows, it just gets thinner, doesn't it? Yeah, it's like he's growing, but the tumor's not growing. So it's like it's just stretching out like a piece of bubble gum or something. It's just really thin. And so he's also really prone to fractures because of it. So um, we try to keep him from jumping off of stuff. But since he's Spider-Man now, I'm not sure 
Yeah. <laughs> we might want to go ahead and get this done before he tries to fly. Even though we're definitely not looking forward to it, we kind of get a little bit, we got a little bit more information about it. Um, it's still going to suck. I yeah, mean, it's, it's going to suck. It's not fun. But we have some balance between each other. We're communicating about it really well, which is the most important thing. And, I mean, of course, like, if I go into a podcast saying, we're going to talk to you about if your kid is chronically ill or disabled, how to fix it, of course I'm going to say communication. But, you know, I hope that you know this isn't just a, a blanket statement. Just talk to each other. But what we're saying is you need to be super honest about what you're terrified about, about what's bothering you. You need to ask your partner, what can I do to support you right now? Because you're going to be in these moments where, you know, I think I'd said in an other episode that, like, it's not 50-50. You're going to have to support the other one more sometimes. And this is going to be a time in your life where you're both emotionally depleted. So... It's going to take more effort and you need to make a decision that this relationship is your priority while you're also taking care of your kids because there's going to be moments where you're going to need to support them and even if you don't feel like it or you feel depleted also, you're going to have to be like, okay, you know, I'm going to listen to you right now. Or what do you need from me? Do you need to be alone? Do you want to talk? You know, those are the kind of questions that you need to ask so that you can be clear and feel like you're supported. You know, and the same with your partner is if they don't ask, you're listening to this podcast right now. So you know to tell them, here's what I need from you. Maybe I need some time alone. Can you hang out with the kids for an hour? I'm really overwhelmed right now. I want to talk or I want to go out and do something. Whatever it is, you know, figure out what it is you need to kind of blow off some of that pressure in a healthy way and ask for it. If they don't ask the questions, you need to ask for what you need and ask them what they need. Be open. What are you afraid about? And a lot of the time, it's going to end up being the same thing over and over and over. But it's okay. You can still talk about it. You can still listen about it. You just have to keep going and keep talking. And do your best to put yourself into someone else's shoes to see their perspective. No, I'm, I'm, I'm trancing now. I'm thinking about it. No, he's thinking about <laughs> now it. No, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, and uh, it's it's definitely, it's not anything I wish on anybody. And uh, we're going to get through this. And I just, I, like I said, I just want to thank everybody that's ever, that's helped us out on this. Um, it means a lot. And, uh, well, we're going to keep what? you guys updated on it. And So I guess we're going to wrap up. Um, now I'm thinking about it too, you guys. <laughs> yeah, I just, I just, you know, we gotta... Get... Right. So if there's anybody out there that's going through a similar situation and you need to talk about it, you can connect with us at Rewrite Self Love on Facebook. You can send us a message. You can comment or share posts with us. Connect with us there. 
we're here to give some support and to kind of clarify how to build up that communication and some of these just mis what do I want to say misconceptions Mis- misconceptions misconceptions where you're not perceiving things the right way yeah. this is what we're here for is to help try to stabilize your relationship you know you are not alone all your thoughts and stuff like that everybody everybody goes yeah. through these moments and we go through them too i mean you know it's uh been one hell of a relationship so far (laughs) (laughs) yeah it definitely has so connect with us on facebook rewrite relationships oh wait rewrite (laughs) (laughs) self-love we're tired it's been a long week yeah so you guys have a good week connect with us talk with us favorite our podcast and we'll talk to you soon all right goodbye